Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima, New York. Welcome back to the iHealth channel, the Fit and Fab channel, and iHealth Radio. New day, new topic, new guest. We're your host, one and the only, Hurricane Age. And uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit of a, uh, a unique combination of things that are important to all of us, and uh, ultimately, fitness, wellness, and lifestyles. And with me, I have a special guest. All the guests are specials. So I have Kelly Calabrese and uh, uh, she has a very unique talent because she's been doing a lot of things. She's a uh, best-selling author. author. Um, she's been on all the major networks. She's a speaker. She has her own company. She's sharing lifestyles with people and turning people's lives. So without any further ado, Kelly, how are you? Welcome to the show. Outstanding. Thanks, Hurricane. It's great to be here. Well, listen, I am glad that you're here. I know we had a little bit of scheduling thing, but it was it worked out and it was good. So I'm happy. We're good to go. Well, so so first things first, you know, people want to know about Kelly Calabrese. So what is the story behind your success? And I know you're also a uh, an entrepreneur, you know, and, and you do a lot of things. So let's take us through all those experiences and also those challenges that you've come across throughout your life. Okay, well, thank you. I knew early on what I wanted to do at 13 years old. I wrote in my journal, I will be an exercise therapist, not really knowing exactly what that meant, but I figured out right away that you do things to move away from pain and towards pleasure. And for me, the pain was a really strong family history of heart disease, diabetes, obesity, stroke, cancer, alcoholism. You know, I looked at all that and went, ooh, I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> But I also loved when I was running, dancing, jumping, swimming, softball, cheerleading, I mean, anything movement, there was just this endorphin rush that I thought was amazing and I was so happy. And so I dedicated my life to helping people be well. When I was 17, I got certified and started working at a gym right away. And I went on to get three college degrees. Uh, the highest one is as a clinical exercise physiologist with a specialist in rehabilitation and was fortunate to get into health club ownership and grew it to uh, four chains. It was a family owned health club with a partner of mine and also managed corporate fitness centers for companies like Calvin Klein, BMW, Nabisco had nine different sites. And because this was you know, back in the late eighties, early nineties, personal training was still so new. So I founded a school to help prepare people to become medical exercise specialists and post rehab technicians and you know, fitness instructors, certified trainers. And that was really the first 14 years of my career it was really fun and got very connected to the community, learned a lot about business and sales and serving and so on. And then my son was born. So that was the next turning point for me where I knew 
that the mom I wanted to be and the life of a health club owner with, you know, corporate sites and a school was not going to match. So thankfully my partner was able to buy me out and I came home and I was pregnant right away with my daughter. They're now 20 and 21. So that was a while ago, but I was just getting going with doing things online. So I started writing, speaking, consulting, editing, spokesperson, media work, and really did that for uh, many years and then relocated from the New York, New Jersey area to Dallas. And that was sort of the next turning point in my career when I got into running fitness boot camps and with a friend opened up a couple of hundred locations in nine countries and got into the nutrition side of uh, network marketing, became a top achiever in the company, helping people with you know detox and cleansing and, and weight loss. Um, and yes, definitely have been blessed to speak all over the world on stages and have been on all the major networks as a lifestyle coach and yeah, best-selling books. And so it's, it's been a fun, fun journey. Wow. Well, I have to admit, I did not do justice to, to introducing you early on. I mean, you have a lot more to offer than what I stated. <laughs> so seriously, I mean, you know, you have so much here in the background and, um, I mean, wow. I mean, I just had to take a, a little minute there, a second to, to, to just take a deep breath and just absorb it all. But you started when it was all new. It was all exciting, different. Uh, today, I mean, obviously, it's still all over the map. I mean, there's so many variations when it comes to fitness and wellness and all these things. But you took it all the way, like to the, the, the whole concepts. I mean, besides the education concept, so you can support all those ideologies and all the stuff that you did and you know exactly your stuff, which is important because you have to know your stuff to be able to deliver. But also you running those businesses is not a picnic. I mean, I, I've been a gym buff all my life. I've been in martial arts and I know it's not a, I mean, everyone, I, you know, all my friends, who, especially those that own like gyms or, um, you know, studios for, you know, fitness or martial arts. I mean, it's a struggle. It's, it's not easy. And now we're talking about franchises and larger uh, you know, groups and, and, and corporations and worldwide multiple locations. That's that's a lot of, you know, things to handle, <laughs> a lot of issues, a lot of, uh, I guess, control and a lot of just getting it done. And that takes a lot of time of you. Now, I understand, you know, you had your children and that that was a very big turning point. And it's funny you mentioned you moved from New York, New Jersey, because I am in Jersey. <laughs> so so you just right away, okay, I get it. <laughs> Wait, everybody now in New York and Jersey is trying to do the same thing, you know, either going to te Texas or Florida or somewhere in the South. So that's happening now, but but you did that early on. And, but but really the, the attention here is to all the achievements. I mean, you kind of like really went through it quick, you know, and just, you know, give us a, a great, uh, I guess, a snapshot of everything. But if we dissect each one of those opportunities and things that you've done, I mean, I think uh, it will be motivational for a lot of people and, you know, and, and true inspiration because not only were determined at the age of 13, you know, you actually had already in your mind what you want. And a lot, a lot of people have that. Unfortunately, today, people, we had this discussion in a different show just recently where people, sometimes they go to college, they don't even know what they want to do. I finished because you still don't know what you're going to do. You had that determination early on and you went through it. And that's, that's important because you, you know what you wanted. You were determined. You had ambitions. And you also really did whatever it took to get there. You took the necessary steps. You took the action. Uh, as a matter of fact, the, the show that just you know uh, I posted today was about intention and action and change. And, and really, you did all that. <laughs> so you're a true example of what we covered yesterday in, in yesterday's show. So that's perfect. But for a lot of people, I mean, I'm sure people are listening right now, watching, they'll be like, 
well, I want to be you. <laughs> and, and yet there's nothing wrong with that, actually. I wish we all like you because that's the key. I mean, we have to look at people who are inspirational to us, people that will take us to the next level. And just listening to the story, I mean, multi, you know, tasking, doing multiple hats, you know, all that stuff. And that's not easy. I mean, juggling all these opportunities. And I'm sure some of them were at the same time. Some of them were different times. You had the school. I actually ran a school before. I know how hard it is. And my school was real estate. It was not fitness. But, but, but I know exactly how it is. You know, it's all the stuff from, from state to legislation to this to that, rules to instruction, classroom, all the stuff. So there's a lot of operational pieces that come along with it. But then you said you had kids. They're grown now. That's great. But, but then you moved out and there were other events in your life. Uh, you wrote books. Now, let's talk quickly about those books. You know, what were the main topics of those books? And I know they're bestseller uh, books. So, so tell us about them. Yes. Well, the first couple books that I wrote were not bestsellers, but the last three were. The first one I actually wrote was called Feminine, Firm and Fit. And it was right after I had my daughter. I didn't gain a lot of weight with my kids. I got right back into shape, you know, didn't even look like I had a baby. So my clients and everyone kept saying, you need to write a book, you know, the book. We need to know the secret. How do you look so good? You just had a baby. And, and so um, that one was a lot, you know, 20 years ago. And the last three that were bestsellers, um, one is called Mom and Dadpreneurs. And that was really about, you know, putting your family first and then tending to whatever your talents are so that you can still earn a great income, love what you do, um, you know, be a, a, someone who does really, really well, but without having to sacrifice. And this was way before COVID, way before people, you know, even considered working from home. But I did come home 21 years ago and I started figuring it out and was able to actually earn more working from home than I did when I owned my health clubs and was running around with the, the corporate sites and the school. So I wanted to share stories of other people who were able to do that. So I uh, handpicked about 30 people. Some were traditional families, some were single moms, adoptive families, blended families, some were highly educated, some came here as immigrants. But just to be able to share their story to give people hope that you don't need to, you know, have a daycare center raise your kids or miss out on all the things. You can figure out a way to, you know, do what you love, get paid really well and still be there for your family. So that was the first book. Um, the second book was called Passionistas. And that's basically what would you say to your younger self? So that was written by women who were you know, more mature speaking to that millennial woman who, wow, I mean, the millennials have so much going for them. They're so brilliant and, and so quick to learn. And, but there's also some wisdom that comes with age. So just wanted to share the stories of overcoming and resilience and you know, get back up again when you've been knocked down. And so that shares those stories. And then the most recent one, which actually is just a year ago now that went bestseller on Amazon, it's called Success Habits of Super Achievers. And mm. over 80 people were interviewed for this book. And they're people that if you follow personal development at all, you would recognize the names like Brian Tracy and Mark Victor Hansen and Les Brown and you know so many amazing people. Darren Hardy, who was the editor of Success Magazine. There are athletes, pro athletes and entertainers that are in there. And basically... You know, they were ordinary people who did something extraordinary. And typically when you find people do something so extraordinary, they have come and 
done some major, you know, transformation through a difficulty. So it just tells how they got back up again. And there are also pretty specific keystone habits that super achievers do. So I usually tell the people read one story a day, you know, for 80 plus days. If you get up every morning and read one of these stories, you will be so inspired. You know, you'll stop being feeling like a victim or having a pity party. Or if you're feeling great, you're just going to want to take it to the next level because of the extraordinary things that these people did. But you'll also see that there's certain consistent things that successful super achievers do. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think we're going to break this down even further because you, the three books you mentioned, I think they all are important in, in to everybody that's watching or listening right now. And we're going to talk about more about that. And, and you, you're hitting on some big, big concepts here. And I mean, success, achievement, you know, all those things are, are huge, right? And, and a lot of people, uh, sometimes to your point, they have doubts or they have uh, a lack of inspiration because they're not, the circumstances do happen. And sometimes people, they just don't have the environment to push them. Uh, I mean, obviously what we're doing today is to bring that fire out, you know, and the energy and people like, yes, I want to be like that. And you obviously can relate to all those things because you've done that. <laughs> and that's, that's awesome, right? Because it's also, it's passion because you know what it takes and you know, it wasn't easy. But as you bring in all these stories, whether in the third book or even sharing the stories with wisdom to, to the new generation, and, and, and ultimately the first book that was also was a hit, which is how to be, you know, in your best shape, including after the, you know, having children and all the stuff and do. So these are all, you know, I think, excellent points that we'd like to actually deliver today. So the first one is you had kids. And you know what it is? I actually work in, you know, with the fitness in the world because we do have a fitness brand. And I can tell you one of the biggest thing and 80% of our membership is, is ladies and women. And uh, the hardest part is about getting back in shape after having kids. <laughs> it's, that's like a big deal, right? I think it's everybody, but I think for ladies, it's just more important, right? And uh, I mean, it's, it's just the body goes through a whole transformation and you have to bring it back to, to, to the shape. And sometimes like, well, how did you manage to do that? And a lot of people have, you know, hard time to get there. And because, because they don't know how to do it. I mean, ultimately throughout the pregnancy and after the pregnancy, right? And that's a big deal. So you have that experience, you've done it and you've, you've gone back and you're like, I'm here. I want to show you how it's done. <laughs> so was there anything specific that, that you did that helped people, uh, that, that helped you and ultimately that you were able to share with the folks? Absolutely. Well, first is if it's, if you haven't had your baby yet, as you go through your pregnancy, that is the time to stay the course. You don't need to overfeed. You don't need to stop moving. You don't need to you know, put junk in your body. That is the time where you want to be active. You want to be the healthiest you've ever been. You want to ultra nourish your body. So, you know, you can gain anywhere from 12, you know, up to 18, 20 pounds, but there's really no reason to gain 50 pounds, 60 pounds. It's just not necessary. So from the start, having your mindset that a baby is about seven pounds and you might have another, you know, seven or eight that you need for placenta, water weight, just have a healthy, healthy pregnancy and exercise throughout, stay hydrated. You're much more likely to have a healthy delivery. And then you're not starting from, wow, I've got 50 pounds to lose. You might have eight or 10 or 12 pounds to lose. So 
um, keep that in mind as you're going through pregnancy. And then once you are ready, you know, that's usually when the women are the most motivated, like after you've had the baby, like, wow, you're, you've never been more motivated to get your body back than that. Not everyone, but a lot of times. So obviously, you know, exercise as you can return to doing strength training and stretching. There are absolutely protocols out there for postnatal so look those up. Your joints are very lax, so you don't want to, you know, overdo things and go too heavy. If you're breastfeeding, there's definitely guidelines for that. So look those up and follow those guidelines. But sleep is as important as you can possibly get with a newborn. So whether that means taking shifts with the, the husband, um, you know, do that. Any chance you can get to catch up on sleep, your body will really heal faster, and that helps with detoxification. It helps with hunger. It helps with getting your hormones regulated. When you're not getting enough sleep, everything else is thrown off. Your hormones are off. Uh, your body's stressed out. You're not releasing toxins and so on. So the simple things like hydration, let water be your only beverage, um, the exercise, the sleep, those are kind of the primary things. A lot of it is um, mindset as well that, you know, be patient with yourself because you did just produce a baby. And so you may not spring right back. Genetics will have something to do with it, but we do know that we can absolutely overcome genetics. So um, do what you can to keep your stress down. When you're stressed out, it's tough to lose weight. Um, get outside, self-care, you know, get in nature, you know, have some time where you're doing things for yourself because it's a huge commitment to the baby. And if you're letting yourself go, we know that's when postpartum depression can set in. So do things to really nourish and care for yourself as best as possible. Um, and, you know, find some fun things to do as well outside of the baby. Don't lose yourself as a couple. That's important because there's so much psychologically that, that goes on there. Well, Kelly, I have to say, I mean, you, you, you've just, you know, in about less than five minutes, gave everybody the formula of success here, you know, to, to really go through pregnancy and still see, stay fit and, and do it all. And, and I have to say, I mean, you obviously speak because it's your passion. You've been there, done that, and also you have all the background to it. So it's awesome. And you know, that's actually some of the key elements that people ask all the time. And I've heard all these questions. How can I do it? Can I do this? And there are a lot of women, actually, sometimes they think they cannot exercise during pregnancy or what kind of exercise they can do. And sometimes they just give up. And then also you have the cravings and they eat all the junk. So, so, so I think your advice right now, I mean, is pretty straight to the, to the point. I mean, anyone can listen to this and like, Oh, I can do this. Yes, you can. And, and that's important because I think that's, that's huge. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll help a lot of people, a lot of ladies, a lot of women, you know, if they're planning to be pregnant or they're pregnant or just starting, or even if they finish, there's a way out. So this is a good way to at least give them, and maybe they can seek that book and hopefully get all the, the good juice and, and the good enlightenment from the book directly. So that's, that's the first one. So thank you for that. Now let's talk about that second book. And, and, you know, the idea of, uh, and it's important because the generations, right. You know, it's, it's, you know, you're talking about millennials right now and uh, they live in their own world. I mean, there's that I have a few, <laughs> I have kids and I, I can, you know, all of them are millennials, but, but I can, I can relate because I work with some and there is a very uh, unique uh, way about them. Right. And uh, sometimes when we live, and by the way, I think every generation had some similar stuff. Because while you're in your generation timeline, you basically do what's 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 in, right? But but we all think that we have the future and you know things are gonna be there and we know it all until time goes by and be like, hmm, 
what would I have changed in my life? What could I have done differently? And sometimes people also, what we can avoid, I think that's the key. Like right now, the message that we want to deliver is that these are some things that you might not want to even attempt or do because they're just not going to be good for you, <laughs> right? So, 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 so let's dive into that book and, and what's the core messaging of it, you know, to, to millennials or any other generation for that matter. Yeah, so it's the wisdom looking back. So it's what would you tell your younger self? And usually it's things like, you know, have more fun. You know, we take things way too seriously. Um, comparison is absolutely the thief of joy. So if you're going to spend your life, especially with the millennials, where it's all about, you know, what's on social media and the filters and people feeling depressed and left out and suicidal and that, you know, that stuff is less important than you realize. And you really need to put some boundaries on yourself about the time you're spending on social media and, you know, just stopping that self-rejection is another one. People are so hard on themselves, especially younger women. And that self-rejection can lead to so much dysfunctional behavior. Um, they're, they're just so critical of themselves and they self-sabotage and it's just so unhealthy. Um, another one would be, uh, let's see, wisdom for your younger self. There's so many great lessons in that book. There's less you can control than you realize. <laughs> so there's not as many things that are in control. And if you are trying to control everything, you're going to be miserable. You're going to make everyone you live with or work with miserable. So realize that there's less that you can't control than you can control. And there's just a freedom that goes with that to, you know, do your part and then, you know, have some peace about or be open to what's not your responsibility. So there's people who are hyper responsibility, trying to control everything. And then there's people who, you know, don't take any responsibility. So there's always two sides to a ditch. So you don't want to be in either ditch. For example, there's perfectionists who want everything to be great. And they, you know, procrastinate. They really don't get anything done and they're miserable and make everyone else miserable. It's so unrealistic. And then there's people who just, you know, they don't care about anything, how they look, what they eat, what, so, you know, it's like talking about fitness, the anorexic eating disorder, and then the, the person who's obese, neither one are healthy, we want to be somewhere in the middle. So there's some balance to everything. So make sure you're not finding yourself in some ditch. Um, you know, respect yourself, respect other people, be honoring, be in gratitude is you know, some of the, the key points that are in that book. They're very powerful points. And I know this is just a quick summary you gave us here, but, but definitely, I mean, you, you've touched on, on many elements there. One, being content and, and, and know that, you know, there are things that you can't do. There's nothing you can do about them. And I think that's a big deal because if you want to change the world, sometimes you're not going to be able to. And uh, so you can, you know, and then you stress out about it, like why? And then you like start asking questions that you have no answers for. So that's to your point, that is a big deal. And, and the minute we realize our limitations, I think sometimes it helps. Now, that doesn't mean we cannot improve and always seek solutions and improvement. But but to your point, it's just more about how we go about it. And and, and same thing, like you said, you know, uh, there is the influencer, you know, world or influence, you know, world today in social media specifically, and everybody wants to uh, almost be uh you know uh, a copy of everybody else that's out there and 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 it's it's playing on their mindset and it's playing in their mental state because a lot of people now they they identify through other looks and feels like you know i have this that means i have to have it i look like this i have to look like it even dress code these days it's almost like the same thing like everybody's twins or clones you know i mean i i look at, at the, the younger generation i'm like wait a minute 
I mean, like you go anywhere, they look the same, the same dress code. And, and maybe every generation had the same thing because we all kind of had our own looks for, for, for the 70s, the 80s and the 90s and so on. But I think it's more about now we have more influence than we had before. Before you had TV, maybe movies and you look like some stars and you know, it looks cool, like it's, it's a trend. Now it's like you have, you know, normal people that are becoming stars on their own in social media. So YouTube, the TikToks and, you know, and, and they have their own style. And then there's also brands that actually uh, benefit from that. So therefore there is that, that influence. And, and, and so that's, that's becoming more of a, uh, an end thing today, but it's not real. I think that's the key. Uh, it's real for what it is at that time, but is it going to be uh, everlasting long time? You know, I don't think so. Uh, there's a time like, we all, I mean, I've been through a couple of years of life too. So I can tell you a few decades in, you're like, you change your, your way of living, your way of style thinking and all this stuff kind of, you have a, a different outlook of things, you know, like, wait a minute. Uh, and, and again, I do share some stuff with you in terms of ambition and dreams and, and achieving and all that. And I, I, I do a lot of trainings as well. And I talk about these things and it's, it's, it's almost like when you transit from decade to decade, decade you actually start seeing yourself thinking differently. Uh, you're slowing down, for example, in a lot of things, you know, I don't have to stress anymore. Like I really don't care anymore. <laughs> you know what people think, whatever, <laughs> you know, you, you, you do you, I do me. So, so stuff like that is, is something that we don't possibly have to experience it. when we get older, we can actually just, you know, reset today if we want to at any age. And, but we don't have that. And we didn't have that stuff in, in like when I was, you know, in, in my twenties, for example, I didn't have those uh, guidances and, you know, and, and, and influences to tell me like, Hey, you can stop, you know, don't go crazy right now. So you do things and you, you try like, you know, you really get things, you know, just through trials, but, but sometimes it does take a toll on you. And I think for our, our, you know, advice is like, you don't have to do that. So learn the greatest tools from the greatest people and take away anything that is not good. And you don't have to actually, experience it to know it's bad just have you know learn about it from other people's bad experiences and remove it so there's so many things so i think your book is is awesome you know as far as you know the the, the content here i think it's it's great and thank you for actually sharing with us the, the, some of the the core elements of it and uh you i don't know if you wanted to say something there no. oh yeah, yeah i was just thinking of some of the other lessons that as you were talking and one of them is definitely patience you know because the millennials oh, are, yeah. you know, it's a microwave society like you know just press the button and you know it's at your door the next day and um patience you know if you look in history at anyone who achieved anything great you know it was a 20-year overnight success and it's harder for this generation to realize sometimes things take time and they happen for a reason in a season and it's not just instant and another good lesson in the book that just came to my mind was um, to always take the high road. I know that, you know, that's a lesson, even I'm in my fifties that, you know, I'm, I'm always making sure that I do in any situation. That's one of the barometers for how I decide what to do. Like, am I taking the high road? And sometimes for these younger people, it's so easy to get caught up and, you know, I just send a text message and you're really not you know, empathetically attached to the person that's receiving it on the other end. So, you know, have more empathy, take the high road. Uh, sometimes you need to, you know, delete the text, delete the email. You might want to type it out and then just like delete it because it's not the most excellent. It's not the highest good. So sometimes I think people can get wrapped up in drama or gossip oh, or whatever. Yeah. And it, it's just not worth getting sucked into that. But you, you said keyword. I mean, it's it's wisdom, right? <laughs> so the wisdom gets us to that point where we realize it's not even worth it, right? But but you're right. I mean, because they're caught up in 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 
that moment and and many people actually even people that are older they get into that but it's just a matter of habits right training ourselves to just like what whatever i'm moving on i don't care it's not it's not you know you're not touching me with this i'm not even feeling it so you can scream all you want do whatever you want it doesn't affect me like i'm like just dead to you <laughs> you know but but you you uh hit on on a very big element of of uh, and, and i do believe in this concept whereby people today or the younger generation they feel that the world uh owes them <laughs> and it's a sense of entitlement that that that's almost been you know given that things are just going to happen which the reality of things that's not happening and it, to your point nothing no success happens overnight uh, and what the reason they believe that is because there are a lot of folks i mean you you open up TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and you see like, oh, millionaires, you know, Ferraris, this, that. I mean, <laughs> you know, they're not telling you what it took to get there. They're just telling you like here. So you're seeing the end result, but you're not seeing the actual, you're like literally looking at the tip of the iceberg as opposed to the, the actual roots, right? So, so that's a big deal. And people, because they see that, they think like, oh, they did it. You know, I should just be able, it's easy. Let me, I can, I think I have it, but you can, you have to go through the steps and you have to go through, you know, not failure, but you know, you have to attempt multiple times. And if you're lucky, you'll get it like the first shot, the second shot, whatever. But again, don't give up. But at the same time, don't think that it just like, Hey, I'm going to go out there and the world is going to owe me. I want to, my foot, like, I, I have to give you a joke, but it's true. My, my son, the first car he wanted was like, you know, a, a, a Jaguar or an Audi. I'm like, Dude, take it easy. <laughs> you know, you want to start a little bit, you know, on the slow end, you know, because that's not going to happen, right? It could happen. And the reason he thought that because he was driving, he was, I had a Benz and so he was driving with me in it. So he thought that was it. I was like, I got in the Benz when I was 40. <laughs> you better, you better take some time to get there. But again, I, I do want him to have something better at earlier, but they have to understand the value of those things, right? And it's if it's a dream, you set it up. That's great. Work for it. Not a problem. We want people to be achievers. We want people to have the best lives. As a matter of fact, the more successful people in the world, that's better for us, right? But 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 they have to have expectations of the reality of things. Not everything is going to work your way. And I think the millennial, you know, generation, even the newer generation, is is having this this dilemma whereby the whole society changed, like school has changed the way they talk to people, right? You can do whatever you want practically in school these days, right? <laughs> we didn't have those, you know, uh, options, you know, they were a little bit more firm, right? You can say anything, you can't talk to anybody anyway now, it's like, you know, so you can even, you know, and, and even at home, kids cannot be reprimanded for the most part, you know, it's been like an almost a taboo, you can't scream at your kids, you can't do it. So, so people are growing up where like, there is no, there's no repercussions, there's no ramifications, they're just like, the free world i can do whatever i want freedom liberty but then when they hit the real thing they go to corporate oh that's not how it works there are rules here <laughs> yes there are rules you know i i also have like a daughter and she just started working and um it's funny because she's she, she thinks that she can dictate to the job like what she wants like i don't want to work now i want to come back the next day don't put me on this day that's not how the job works they tell you when to show up and you better show up <laughs> But that's how it used to be. At least that's how I have, for example, been in the business. That's how you do it. But so the mindset or the, the style of living or the lifestyle in general has changed a little bit. So your concepts, your, your values, I think they're big for people to really just reset and know the reality is not what you think. 
the reality can be different. You can be living in a cloud, <laughs> you know, or, or like a sci-fi movie, but it's not real. You know, you better get off and see the, the real thing. I mean, it's like get off the matrix, get in the real world, right? And that's that's a big deal. So so that's important. I know you're, you're, you're laughing and you're smiling, so you wanted to add something. Go for it. Uh, yeah, I was just, I mean, we could do a whole show on parenting, but I, <laughs> I want my kids to fail and I want them to fail often and fail fast and, and to learn from. If you look at people like, you know, Richard Branson or, you know, some of these top, top, what the world would consider successful people, they failed more than anyone. It's like Michael Jordan, who took, you know, the most shots, who missed the most shots. That's why he makes the most shots. So you want to do it when they're young, let them fail at home, give them choices, let them have consequences, let them see boundaries. And so that by the time they get to the point where they are, you know, leaving the house and going off on their own, they understand failure and they're able to handle it and figure it out and get back up again and keep going. So it doesn't devastate them and they don't get depressed and they don't get angry and they don't stuff their feelings down and they don't commit suicide, you know, all these horrific things that we're seeing happening because they're not equipped because our generation did give our kids and give and give and give and give. And that's why a lot of them do feel entitled. I mean, they have a thousand dollar cell phone in their hand when they're, you know, five, six years old. And so they do feel entitled a lot of times on everyone, but that's kind of this generation, this millennial generation, they're, they're quick. It's a microwave society. Everything happens in an instant. And so when something is hard and they have to really press in and figure it out, they're quick to quit. They are not used to doing labor. They're not used to having to think or remember. I mean, they don't remember a phone number and, you know, not anything against them, but these are life skills. These are things that are important. I'm all for technology. I mean, it helps us use it where you can, but you also still need to be able to use your memory to think and remember things. Um, you need to be equipped to succeed in life and it's just not realistic to think you're going to get everything fast and everything's going to be successful and everything's going to be the best and it's going to be easy. It just isn't. Life is hard and there is struggle, but it can still be fun. It can still be joyful. It can still be peaceful. It can still be adventurous, but you need to, you know, figure out the hard things at the same time. Well, you know, it's funny, I'm, I'm, I'm having a little smirk here because <laughs> you talked about technology and, and all the stuff and, and you're right. Like if, just God forbid you lose power these days. I mean, I, and I've had that before, like where we had a storm and the you know power was lost and the kids were actually lost because they didn't know what to do with themselves. They were just like, what are we doing? So they went, up, they went back to the old school, say, oh, can we play some board games? <laughs> so here we are actually under, you know, uh, lanterns and, 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 you know, like uh, camping, you know, equipment doing, you know, a nice family time with the games. But, but that's the thing. Like, you know, even I had this challenge one time, my daughter said, um, well, I don't need to actually figure out math because I can do a calculator on my phone and just figure out, well, what happens if you don't have a phone now? What are you going to do? If you don't know how to do it, it's going to be a problem, right? So, so again, being able to have the technology and being able to live without it, that's important. When something happens, and even the pandemic, a lot of things, we had storms in a lot of areas. I mean, in Texas last year, I mean, you guys, were, the whole winter thing, the storm that happened, nobody was expecting to have, you know, ice in in in, in texas <laughs> and and pipes you know bursting and stuff it was like a shocker for a lot of people but you don't know what can happen right and so it, we have to be always you know malleable to be able to adjust to technology but also be able to live without it if we can and that's that's the concept because again we've we've we have so many things available to us today that we didn't have years back 
you know, again, uh, the phones used to be phones. Now they're not phones. They're true computers. I mean, you can do it's a camera, it's a phone, it's a TV, it's, it's everything. It's movie theater, whatever you want is in that phone. <laughs> you know, back in the day, it's just a phone. It's a communicate with others, period and out. And, uh, you know, even before the sales phones, we had to actually get a quarter and go to <laughs> a place. But technology has evolved so fast and so quick. I mean, now, look, we're Zooming, right? <laughs> it's, and, and we can talk to the whole world instantly. And so it's just different. But, but the sense of entitlement, to your point, the parents also have been so, uh, some, some of us also have that whole concept, like, well, I, I, had, I had a hard life, or a tough life, so I, I want to give all that love to my kids and, and really spoil the hell out of them. <laughs> but in essence, you're not really teaching them real skills for life because the first you know, event that's going to happen to them, they're going to not know how to face it, right? They're not going to be able to survive. And that's, to your point, that's what's causing some of these challenges and, uh, you know, uh, psychiatry, you know, uh, issues and so on and so forth, you know, uh, God forbid, even suicide. So that's actually real. And, and so again, your book, your advice is, is so well worth it, you know, every minute to, to study it, to review it. And, and there's plenty of it. Right. And I, I know you're only giving us a couple of elements there, but there's more to it, but that's really what, what I know that's what drove you to, to write the book is to share these values. And, and that's also, I had a show about, you know, givers university, like to be given and give back to the community, give back to people. And that's really a big deal. And, and that's what we're trying to achieve here is just to give this to folks. And so if they're watching parents or otherwise, you know, there is something, if you're doing something wrong, maybe you can, you know, see it today. If you're not doing something wrong, well, maybe you can do more of the good, right? So there's nothing, you know, uh, anything bad about, you know, getting more feedback, sometimes even just a, a reminder you know, of these things is important for us. And even if you're doing everything solid, uh, sometimes you just, oh, I, I, I tend to not do this. Maybe I should. And it can help people just reset. And that's important. So that also, I think we were talking all about this when talking about the second book, but it almost touched on the third book about success. <laughs> so I want to actually ask you to repeat the title of the book again one more time, because it's got almost like four elements there that people need to really, really absorb. Yes, the third book is Success Habits of Super Achievers. And this is the one that has some amazing world-class personal development leaders like Les Brown and Darren Hardy, Mark Victor Hansen, Brian Tracy, and so on. And it tells their stories. You know, there's professional athletes and world-class entertainers in there of how they overcame something really hard and in doing it and being in the trenches and being on their knees and being emptied out and having their world blown up or whatever it looked like, they had to go through a process of healing, of getting over something really tough and then figuring out what do I need to do? And they not only got better, but they did something really profound and amazing in that. So it's in the hard times, in the dark times, in the, you know, the, those head banging, door kicking, those moments where you feel like you're at the bottom in the valley and you might not be able to see the light that you start to one breath at a time, one step at a time, really figure out it's not always going to be this hard. I have in me what it takes to get up again, get better. And then once you do, you want to do something great with it, whatever the motivation might be, whether it's for yourself and your family or your team, your company, your business, um, the world, whatever it looks like. So this tells those really inspiring stories. And I still go back and I reread these every time I you know, think I'm having a pity party or feeling sorry for myself. 
I read one of those stories and I'm just blown away by what people have overcome and what they've done. And you, know, you see people on the street, you know, wherever in the mall on the subway, and you have no idea what their story is. I mean, people are amazing. They're so resilient. No one has done anything of any level of success in the world who hasn't overcome something so great. So this book tells these stories. And again, there's a theme in there. You'll see things they do, whether it's, you know, goal setting or meditation. There's just things that all super achievers tend to do. And as you read through the book, you'll see some things are consistent. Well, I mean, I, I just love the title. I mean, success habits <laughs> for super achievers. And, you know, super achievers here is, is a big word. I mean, it's two words, actually. And success is on its own. It's a whole concept. And habits is, is practice, right? It's things that you do routinely. And, and I, think, I think when you combine all that, I mean, for even just listening to it, it should give us a sense of like, oh, I want to be part of that, right? And but but there's there's that other side where people say, well, I can never be like them. See, some people are almost like they talk negative to themselves, or like they talk, you know, just like they don't they don't prep themselves, you know, like, hey, you you, you got this. Uh, from from here from this platform, we want to tell them, yes, you can. These folks were just like you, but they had, you know, the dream, you know, to achieve things. They were willing to take one the necessary chances. And the risk, and no risk, no reward, right? That's what the, that's what it says, right? So you have to do that. Uh, they were willing to fail, and that's okay, you know, because again, the word failure, and, I, and we we had a debate, we had another debate, discussion about it. It's not even it's part of success. It is success, you know. You you have to fail to, to to succeed in a way, you know. You can't just succeed without testing things, right? And so people need to hear that to get excited about it, and that's okay. And we see achievers all the time. And at any level, I mean, at work, at, you know, in society, uh, stars, I mean, you know, you know, writers, I mean, there's so many people that, that are we surrounded by. And each one of them, you took a very nice, you know, concentrated level of, of the highest ones and you put them in that book. And, and that's that's the best thing you can do. I mean, I, I look at, you know, some of these folks myself and like, for example, one of my 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 first job was at Disney. So so my my motto is, is my role model is, you know, Walt Disney. And so himself, to me, like he had a dream and, and he, he, he achieved the dream. People laughed at him. Actually, they even he would kicked out of the paper because they, they said you like imagination. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I mean, he's he created imagination <laughs> beyond that. Right. But that's the thing. Like, there's so many that we can name that mess in Jordan. I mean, he missed, you know, a lot. But you know what? In order for you to become the best, you got to practice, you know, and you're probably going to lose a few. That's the thing. Everything. Nothing happens overnight. And you have to be, you know, doing a lot more of it to be excellent at it. And even these guys, they, they're out there. They're not like they get the achievement and they just sleep after that. They're still out there. All these people you mentioned, they're still live and kicking and doing their stuff and speaking around the world and sharing their, their wisdom. And that's important. So again, these concepts we'd like to, to, to bring to the table here to, for people to, to hear them, to listen to them and, and really abide by them. Take them for what it's worth. The book is available, right? They can, they can yes, dig in there. I will give your listeners a free electronic version if they want to go to my website. It's Kelly with an I, K-E-L-L-I, Calabrese, C-A-L-A-B-R-E-S-E.com. Um, they can get the free ebook if they go to my website, and I'm happy to send it to them. Or, or they can go to uh, Amazon, and they can get it. Or if they want me to hand sign a copy, 
have them um, email me and I will send it to them for the same price as Amazon and I won't charge the shipping and I'll sign it for them. Uh, we can ask for more than that. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I mean, listen, folks, I mean, we, we buy things sometimes that may be not as value, but sometimes a book can change your life. And, you know, this is a book that can do that because it's a book that is written based on real life stories of true success. And, uh, you know, even if you don't believe in success, you have your own definition of success. Maybe it's worth, you know, checking out these folks and how their success formula was. And, they have common themes They have common elements together in how they got it, but each one of them had this own way and path and, and also the background of why and how they did it. I mean, you mentioned earlier about immigrants, you mentioned different things. People have different reasons why they succeed and, and everybody's almost got the same equal opportunity to succeed. I mean, regardless, I mean, I had one time a debate with someone that stated, well, we, you know, your circumstances dictate how your future is going to be. I, I beg to differ. That's not the case. You can be, you know, coming from nothing and, and be, you know, become rich and stuff. It's not about rich. You can be rich in a lot of ways, not necessarily money or fame, but, but you can be rich in knowledge. You can be rich just by, by sharing, you know, a, a, a piece of success with other people. There's a lot of ways to do this, but the bottom line is you can't say, you know, blame the world that, you know, you can't do it. You can do it as long as you're willing. If you have that, that's, there's nobody that can stop you. And that's the, the point. And if someone is done, is, has done it or is doing it, there's a good chance you can do it too. So, so thank you for the offer. And, you know, folks, you're listening, you're watching. The description of the show will have the actual website and you can reach out and, and get your, your signed copy or get it from, you know, uh, the Amazon store or even get your, you know, uh, electronic version of it. Right? So, but it would be nice to have the signature. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but again, I will just clarify, I will ship in the U.S. So if it's international, then you know, obviously they have to pay for a little extra for shipping, whatever the shipping charges. We, we'd expect that. <laughs> I hope, I hope so. But but that's good. That's a good disclaimer, so people don't have. Oh, you told us we gotta send it to you. <laughs> it does cost a lot to send overseas, but I mean, at least you, if you're overseas, you can get the the electronic version, and that's easy. Or you can go to Amazon if Amazon is available, whatever you are. We do have actually uh, audiences in Canada, in the UK, in Australia, and other parts of the world. So maybe someone be excited and want a copy. So, hey, you know what to do. Uh, and again, check out the site because I think Kelly does a lot more. And we're going to talk about the other part of her life and what she's been doing recently. And uh, I think it's important from a different angle. So so first of all, thank you for sharing those real, um, real live, I think, tools that we can apply and again, you've given us highlights, but I think if people can reach out and, 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 and get the books and read them and dig in further, they'll get a lot more from them. And they're worth it. I mean, any investment that we invest in ourselves is key. So listening to this can be, I mean, sometimes like I don't have time to listen to a podcast or a show. You know, sometimes that that moment, that hour that you instead of watching a movie and just, you know, just, you know, stuffing food in your mouth, you, you can do the same thing, just listen to this while you're doing something else. You could be working out and listening and it may be boring, but you'll pick one or two elements that can change your life overnight. And really that's all there is. And, and, and we all, I know you, I know me, we've done that. I've, I've picked up things from people that I applied in my life and they turned my life to a better person or better things and a lot of outcomes that are positive outcomes. So, so it happened to me, happened to you, it can happen to a lot of folks. <laughs> well, I think everybody for that matter. And they could be anywhere in the world, regardless if you, there are some basic elements that can help us be better and improve in our lives and, and, and achieve, you know, 
uh, any level we want. There is no limit. The sky's the limit of success if you want it, right? So, so now let's talk about Kelly today. Kelly's new, uh, I guess, adventure, <laughs> which is which is a, a very important thing, and it's gonna sound weird because uh, I think, and I'll allow you to to talk to us. Well, not allow you, but I'll tell you to to talk to us about it in terms of what is it that you're doing in the last, you know, uh, I guess the new the new um, trend <laughs> or the new <laughs> service or the new work that you do. But it is important because um, it is you have a new you call it a bonus life, <laughs> you know. So so I you know I'm being a little bit suspenseful about it. But so so Kelly, let's talk about that that part of your life and okay. the change that happened and 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 how do you help people, uh, you know, really do better? Absolutely. So 24 years into my marriage, my husband came home and he said my commitment to our marriage is zero, and he left. And it rocked my world. I mean, it really just felt like a tornado came in, blew up my life and left a gaping hole in my heart. And the pain was like nothing I had experienced prior to that. And I had been through some life stuff. I mean, I lost my dad. I've had car accidents. I've been electrocuted. I mean, lost my best friends to cancer. It's not like I hadn't been through some stuff, but this was just the big turning point for me. So I went on what I lovingly call a sabbatical, really just went on this healing journey where I needed to figure this out. So I did all the things. I went on the retreats. I went to divorce recovery classes. I was in Bible studies, prayer groups. I you know, went to conferences. <laughs> I read the books, the TED Talks. I, I just did everything to figure out how to make the pain stop. I needed to heal and be better and to create a new life for myself. And there was a whole series of unreasonable things that happen when you get divorced. A lot of times, you know, you're selling your house, you're changing your neighborhood, you may be changing your kids' schools, your friend group may change because everyone was couples, now they're singles. Um, you know, you're trying to manage your kid's heart. So there, it's just a lot. And it represents a big percentage of people, about 50% of first marriages end up in divorces. So once I got to a point where I felt like, okay, I've got this. And it's not that, you know, you're ever fully healed. You, you can have little triggers and moments, but it was about this time last year when I got two kids off to college and they were set up for success at the schools they wanted. And they had, you know, cars and computers and phones and, they were playing their sports and I sat down and just really contemplated, okay, what is this next season? And in the process of my own healing, I got certified as a divorce coach. And so I went through the three-year journey and I handpicked the most valuable things that really moved the needle for me in being a difference maker and peeling back the layers and getting me to wholeness and healing. And I put together a course, it's an eight week course and there's eight topics. Um, and I'll tell you what they are real quick. Identity, forgiveness, renewing your mind, um, purpose, self-love and gratitude, divine health, abundant wealth, and then joy and celebration is the last chapter. And I created a course with uh, an entire healing guide that goes with it. So there's meditations, affirmations, visualizations, um, activations, and celebrations that go along with it. And I also interviewed 21 of the people that helped me on my healing journey. So my divorce coach, my breath therapist, my meditation therapy, my grief counselor, all the people who helped me. And I allow the people who go through the coaching to really be a fly on the wall to these people who I handpicked and chose to be a part of this healing process. 
Um, and then I also do some one-on-one -on -one coaching for people who want that, you know, next level that they, you know, want to really understand forgiveness or wherever it is they might be stuck because people get stuck in grief. I mean, we're not really equipped or trained, even all the personal development that I had done since I was 17 until I got divorced. I was not prepared for this. I didn't know what depression I had never been depressed before I really was never angry before but that's part of it you need to get angry I'm not a person who normally is but it's part of the grieving you need to be angry that you lost the life that you had um there's sadness there's you know it, there's a whole series to eventually getting to a place where you readjust and you get healthy and then from healthy I take them to there's this whole amazing, incredible life out there that you didn't even know was possible before that you now have the opportunity to live. So I take them from anywhere from we're thinking about getting divorced. And obviously the best thing is as long as it's healthy and not abusive to keep the marriage. And I have helped to restore a lot of marriages, which that's the most excellent um, to they've been divorced for seven years, but they still keep re repeating the same guy with a different face and name, but it's the same addiction or the same, um, enabling or the same, you know, whatever the dysfunction is. So want to get people unstuck. And, you know, when someone thinks about someone who's gone through divorce or it could be anything hard, the loss of death, they get stuck. And whether it's in sadness or victimhood or bitterness I just hate that people get stuck there because our lives are so short and they're so amazing, or at least they can be. So I really want to help people, you know, coach them through and get them to that place where they can be peace-filled and excited about life again. Well, Kelly, I have to say, first of all, I am just like in awe because the idea of just overnight, you, you just wake up and, hey, we're terminating this, this relationship that has to be devastating. I think for any, both sides of the, the, the family, if it came in from, from a, for any spouse, I think it would be a, a shocker for the other member, right? That is not something anyone wakes neck thinks that, you know, my significant other or my spouse in the next day will come in and say, I don't want to be here. <laughs> By the way, I've heard that before. So this is not the first time I heard it. And, and, you know, the first time I heard it was a shocker because it was like, how does that even happen? I mean, normally there are signs, there's supposed to be signs. Things is not... Yeah, the person who asked to leave, they've been thinking about it on average for two years. So they have a two-year head start. So they're already thinking, okay, I'll move out, I'll get an apartment, I'll tell my mom, you know, all these things. So for about two years, they've been planning this when they have that moment. Um, and then the other person is obviously in shock. And then the person who asked to leave they feel a lot of guilt remorse and shame for breaking up their family and the person who has left feels rejected and you know they're dealing with a whole other set of issues so it it depends on you know kind of how it went down if you left or you were left and there's a lot of dynamics and nuances to it and it depends on you know the, the person so the divorce coaching it's fun it's interesting um I just want to get people to move through it. And I'm not saying I can rush it. Like we can do this in 30 days or it does take time, but I can definitely help move them along to become healthier than they've ever been. Well, that's excellent because based on what, I mean, the statistic you mentioned is, is almost crazy. When you're talking about 50% of marriages, you know, first, first marriages wind up in divorce. That is a huge number. And uh, wow. I mean, 
some people say, well, have you experienced this? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, everybody may question it differently because it, well, it affects some other, it's, this is not about me. It can happen to me. I think sometimes people have to realize that if it happened to others, it can always happen to us. And, uh, you know, sometimes the divorce happens as a decision, you know, between the two parties and it's, it's mutual and it's there's consent and they're friends. And I actually had that, that experience personally. So it was, you know, it was, we were friends until, I mean, my ex-wife did pass away, uh, you know, uh, a couple of years back, but we were friends all along. So uh, that was, that was one way of doing it. And I always believe that if it's not working out, we have to work, get out regardless, <laughs> you know, because we had a son and so on and so forth. So I understand, you know, that, that part of it, but for someone to just kind of like come in suddenly and just say, okay, bye-bye. I mean, that's like, that's like extreme. I mean, that's like not something, and especially if you haven't even seen it come in, that's a big deal. And to your point, I mean, this, the number that you said of years that it took for that person, based on your statistics and studies, two years, I mean, that person has to be real good. I mean, to be able to hide that, you know, two years and really prep for it, it's like, you know, I mean, it takes less than for us to send a shuttle to Mars night these days. <laughs> for someone to to really practice that for two years and be like ready to just like switch off, like you know, nothing happened. That's that's extreme. And and I I know it's hard for for in your case you, but then for anyone else, they would probably experience that. And when you look back and you reflect, obviously, you know, you can see that it was a slow fade. So uh -huh. it happened in a moment, the words, but it was, you know, a slow fade over time. And it's never 100% the other person and 0% you. So part of the healing includes taking your responsibility in it, even if it was unfair, even if it was unjust, even if there was an affair, you know, whatever might be in there, you still need to own your part in it. Um, and again, there's nuances to the dynamics of a marriage and what a man's needs are and what a woman's needs are. And, and sometimes you just get in this vicious cycle of not only not meeting each other's needs, but really hurting each other. So yeah, knowing what I know now, I can help a lot of people to save their marriages, even if only one person wants to do it. So, well, that's, a, that's excellent. And, and, and because you're right, I mean, eventually realize what, what the signs were, there probably were signs that you just didn't pay mind to because you would not think you would never think that that's going to happen right because people also don't they're in denial this is never going to happen to me but but you're right but i think the other i think most important piece in this whole you know um, equation is the children so i'm sure some of these cases they have kids and and i think that's the hardest part because now the kids are in between and most of those bad divorces wind up you know affecting the children and uh, i think that's a big deal so so how do you uh, address that i mean and i mean obviously you have your own tools and i love the concept about your eight weeks you know program and all the topics that you cover but in there is there anything to practice or to help them with you know the kids uh vision of all this because i mean the kids are like torn between the father the mother or, or you know, and, and then they don't know which sides and sometimes they take sides too because depending on the the, the influence of each one of those parents uh, one can be like your dad sucks your dad is bad <laughs> and and feeling all the bad or vice versa your mom is awful blah blah blah. And now now the kids are especially at younger age they don't know the difference they just get start siding up and they don't even know what happened but they just become pretty much attached to one versus the other and rejecting the other so how do you handle that yeah so th those are all great great questions the statistics for divorced children are not very good i mean their chances of teenage pregnancy, crime, being in jail, dropping out of school. Um, 
you know, just anything you can imagine that's, you know, criminal activity, depression, suicide is so much higher for divorced kids versus not divorced kids. Even when it's amicable, children still always want their parents to be together and they still, you know, feel torn and depending on their age, you know, they're trying to manage it in their minds as best they can. But it doesn't have to be that way, just like anything else. You don't need to be a statistic of divorce. I actually have a free report on that same website, kellycalabrese.com, how your child does not need to be a statistic of divorce. You know, things parents will do, like you talked about, like pitting the child against the other. Here, bring your dad as male. Or mm -hmm. kids do not want to be in the middle of your arguments. They don't want to be your messengers. They don't want to be pawns. They don't you want to be, you know, used in court. They want to be manipulated. So you really have to, that's why it's important to always work on yourself. Because if you can get healthy, if you can take the high road, if you can be in peace, if you can forgive, then you're not going to, you know, take it out on your children, use your children, you know, against your ex-husband so or ex-wife. So um, counseling, I would say, you know, whatever you can do, possibly keep their lives as close to normal as they were so that they can readjust to their new normal. And then uh, counseling is always a good idea. Have some outlets where they can express their feelings, um, where they can, you know, talk about what they're angry about or, you know, whatever it is that their kids will manifest it differently. A lot of times boys will be more aggressive, more angry. Girls tend to shut down. They'll close themselves off in the room. They'll self-isolate. So um, kids are going to try and figure out a way to be loved. Like, how can I be loved? Some kids will um, try and be the good girl or the good boy because they don't want to, you know, cause more problems in the house. And others will be, the, you know, the good student or the good athlete, the good musician. Others will be the rebel. And I'm, I'm just going to push the limits. I, and I'm, this is how I'm going to get attention. I don't care if it's bad attention. It's how I get attention. Other ones, um, when, I'm, when I'm sick that's when I get love and attention. So they're always, you know, they become almost hypochondriac. Oh, I've got a headache because they get to lay down. It has to be quiet. Or So you just have to really pay attention to your kids and what are they doing? And they're probably going to do different things because, you know, they're different. Um, my kids were 16 and 17, so they were a little bit older, but still really challenging ages, you know, just getting their licenses, that first boyfriend, girlfriend, that first job, you know, leaving the house, being more independent, um, you know, moving. It was, you know, it was a lot. And they, uh, they pressed things down. So that was their way. They kind of just stuffed it all in and, and went about their things. But eventually, whatever's inside you, when you're squeezed, when you're pressed, is going to come out. So whether it's defensiveness or, you know, anger, um, at some point it needs to be dealt with or not, you know, the or not is going to result in something pretty bad. You know, you're not going to have good relationships. You're not going to trust people. So it really is important that people work these things out. Well, Kat, thank you for, for those, those tips right there, right there. Excellent tips. But let me ask you a question. The folks that you, um, assist or help throughout these these i guess tough times um both sides and you know do you see those that you were able to really get them one way or the other either to come back together and have a happier life or even you know dismantle but in a good way uh, do you see that the kids uh, you know in that realm get better and there's a, a positive impact uh, through those those particular you know um i guess times 
uh, as opposed to people that may not, and I'm sure you've done some, some statistics and things for people that actually just don't mediate, they don't have any type of, you know, coaching and they just do it and wing it out. And then obviously they don't know how to handle it. And then the kids wind up the statistics. So do you see a, a, a real outcome, a positive change in, in the behavior of those children when they actually in the system, in the program? I do. Yeah. And, and some of these things do take time, but a lot of times these women, they get in such fear because now, you know, they're afraid about money. They're afraid about I'm living alone for the first time. Can I provide, you know, everything's changing. My life. So they're just in this fear tornado. And so they don't want to project that onto the kids. So I give them the courage, the boldness, the assertiveness, because the kids are looking for boundaries. Otherwise, they're going to go and, you know, run wild and they're looking for a target. And typically it's the strong parent. And a lot of times they wind up living with the mom more than the dad. Typically, sometimes it's 50-50, but a lot of times the mom becomes the target of their anger. And she's trying to manage like, okay, I know they're hurting. I know they're upset. I know, you know, there's bullying going on at school or whatever else is happening in their lives. It's hard enough being a middle school kid or whatever it might be. So they don't maybe discipline them because maybe the dad was disciplinary. And so anyway, I help the women with boldness, with courage, with boundaries, with assertiveness, but also unconditional love because that's really what their kid is looking for. Their kid wants to be seen. Their kid wants to be loved for who they are. But the mom also has to guard her own heart. She can't let her kid bully her, attack her, be the target of all the anger Um, So I do see a difference, even in just let's get a family meal together, like you can do that one thing, let's go back to, you know, you've got a time where everyone's going to sit down and eat and then give them ideas about, you know, just conversation and fun time and that it's not all hard, it's not all stress, it's not all struggle, but just starting with something as simple as okay, you know, four nights a week or four days a week, we're gonna have a family meal and so much can ripple out just from something as simple as that. So I help them, you know, regroup from the chaos and the fear back to doing, you know, practical things. And um, they do see progress and the kids kind of realize, you know, I can't bully mom, but you know, I, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be safe. Mom's going to be, they want to see mom's going to be okay too. So if mom is sitting there just, you know, in a ball, just, you know, hysterical crying all the time, or, you know, can't get out of bed, that's not good for the kids either. So I help mom get up. Let's get you healthy. They want to see mom's going to be okay. When they see you're going to be okay, then it makes them feel like they're going to be okay. So if we can get mom, you know, healthy body, mind, spirit, emotions, that's a step in the right direction for the kids too. Yeah, I have to say, I can see the, the passion in there. I mean, you're really like, you know, feeling it, you're sharing that that true, you know, and, and again, you experience it. So you're actually helping from experience and it's different, right? But so here's a question. I mean, someone would say, well, is this geared towards women specifically, or also it can help the men? I mean, because sometimes it's the other way around. It could be the the, the 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 female partner that actually, you know, says bye-bye, sorry, now I'm out of here. <laughs> right. So so do do you get to balance that out? I mean, do you have maybe male, you know, clients that actually look into to to be you know in a better position yeah and it is 50 50 sometimes it's the woman who leaves sometimes it's the man who leaves when i created my program last year i did create it for women because that was you know my heart as a woman when i got divorced my neighborhood there was 110 homes and at that time 12 people were moving out and eight of them were divorced and so i was watching what the women were doing and everyone's going to do something 
just to cope with the pain. So, you know, I'm going to turn to alcohol. I'm going to run into the arms of another man. I'm going to isolate. I'm going to escape. I'm going to, so I wanted them to do something healthy. So when I created the program, it really was for women. I was shocked how many men reached out for me and said, what about me? What do you have for me? And this is not anti-man at all. This has nothing to do with man bashing or my heart breaks for the men as much as it does for the women. So I can do coaching with the men, but the program is definitely, you know, geared towards the woman. So the lessons and everything is done in a, you know, the teaching in a feminine um, tense. However, I could do one-on-one -on -one life coaching with men and, and I'd be happy to do that. All right. Well, that's the, again, just so as, as the others is listening, like, well, maybe this is not for me now. It could be for you too. So I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good opportunity to have a balance. And, and again, coming from you, you probably can help them to see that because uh, it's, it's, you understand the woman, you know, you understand their, their mentality, their, how they operate and as best as we can do it. I mean, we, we, we have to learn, we have to always be able to, to capture that, but it's hard, right? Unless you, you're like, like, again, some of us, they have a feminine side. Some of us have, you know, ladies around their life, you know, their moms, their sisters and stuff. And so they have some, some feedback, but some people that may not have that. So men can be literally left, you know, in the case, but again, I just, the idea is that there are potentials of both sides to have the same, you know, uh, situation and be in the same boat. So, so that's, that's one question. So now I wanted to, uh, first of all, thank you. And, and how can people sign up for this program, by the way? Same website? Does uh, it go in there? Intentionally, they can go to kellycalabrese.com. The website that I have um, for the program is called intentionallyfabulous.com. And I also have a private Facebook page, which is also called Intentionally Fabulous. It's a group where I really pour into that group every single day. I'm just encouraging them. And uh, we talk about the hard things, we laugh, um, we support each other. So any woman can go to that private Facebook page called Intentionally Fabulous. All right. Well, again, we'll add all that you know, in the description so people have access and, and, and a direct link to you because you just have too many things to offer and we're going to just take all of it, <laughs> whatever we can do. I mean, listen, we're, we're about just, uh, you know, excess of the hour here, but, you know, I just want to ask a couple more questions because I, you know, we can do this for two hours right now easily. <laughs> so, so this is, this is totally off you know, and it's going to like be sound funny. Well, two things. One, you had mentioned early on that, um, you were able to make more money home and, and, and turn your life and, and stuff. And I think that's, that's, that's a key element I want to share even briefly, because people think that you always have to do things and you have to be like conform go to work and all this stuff. But there are a lot of people that would love to enjoy that, especially parents and who have younger kids and they want to be there. And a lot of people have experienced the pandemic, how hard it was. And, you know, even today people, and there's this whole concept about vaccines. Some people may be, you know, not vaccinated and they may even lose their job and so now it becomes a challenge so this could be an opportunity for people to actually you know there is a way to do this uh now you've done it and is there a special formula that we can share with them briefly <laughs> um i would say that you know there's some idea that you have inside you there's some big idea god idea when you can take your purpose and you may really have to do a deep dive to figure out what that is i, I did know early on and obviously it's evolved through the years but um, you know, figuring out what your life's mission is and what your purpose is, what really lights you up. Like, okay, and you just say, I, I see you. Like when you start talking, your energy comes up. 
It's because it's, it's what's in my heart. So find what's in your heart. And when you can take your purpose and your passion and combine it, the profit will come. There's so many great models to follow out there. If someone wants to be a coach or start a business, do something um, online, find someone who's ahead of you who has done what you have done and then model their success with whatever your idea is. I mean, if you think about Steve Jobs thought about the iPhone, that was only 20 years ago. You know, if you look at Uber, there's been taxis, you know, for a hundred years. If you look at Airbnb, people have been renting, you know, apartments and homes for years, but you know, someone had those ideas recently. If you look at the electric car, so there's still so many things out there that can be done. So don't think, oh, there's too much competition or I'm not smart enough or you need to overcome those thoughts, but find someone who's doing what you want to do, model it and then make it yours. There's something about you that makes it special, your energy, your heart, your ideas, your passion that you can add to it. This is the greatest time for entrepreneurs, this COVID season. So many entrepreneurs have done phenomenally well because they did find a way to you know, pivot. So start with the vision, the, the purpose, the passion, really do a deep dive and think about what lights me up? What gets excited? What is it that when I do it, I don't even realize that an hour, two hours, eight hours just went by because I'm so excited and happy about that. And what is my superpower and how is that a problem that people have that I can solve for them? So it's about solving someone's problem. And there's so many problems. People have problems with money, they have problems with health, they have problems with stress. So what is it do you solve for someone? Is it that you can entertain them, make them happy? Is it you can help them do something better, quicker, faster? So you need to figure that out. Well, well, thank you. I mean, those are real values, you know, that we can all apply. And uh, for everybody listening, I mean, again, we this is a way for you to actually learn how to fish instead of canning the fish. <laughs> so, so it's just a matter of you know finding you know the niche and and you can do it. So I think that's that's a key. So thank you for that. So before we end the show, you mentioned electric car, but I know there's a, there's a story about you <laughs> with electricity. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. That, yeah, I want to just make some some folks, you know, just <laughs> have a little interest, fun stuff here. So talk to us. <laughs> I grew up um, in Staten Island, New York, and people don't think of it as being an island, but it is. So we had a boat and on the weekends we used to go, you know, different places. And so this one weekend we went down the Jersey Shore and we docked at a marina and we were going to go, you know, use the pool and the restaurant and all that. So I hopped off the boat with a girlfriend. We went swimming in the pool. I came back to get on the boat and what I didn't realize is that they were doing construction on the dock and that there were live wires that were running up the to light up the entire marina. So I was wet from the pool, standing on live wires, and I reached across to grab the metal ladder on the boat. So uh -oh. I was full circle. Yeah, electrocuted. So, you know, just sort of screaming, the vulture going through my body. And my girlfriend, I was about 12 she her instinct was to touch me and it broke the current so i was able to release my hands from the metal ladder and i was suspended over the water so i fell into the water and august in new jersey there was a, a pool of jellyfish that just kind of grabbed my body and started pulling me down so my dad jumped over the engines and reached down pulled me up by my hair and i had jellyfish all over my body so it was traumatic at the time but thankfully no long-term effects that i'm aware of 
Well, listen, I, yeah, that, that, I just wanted to end. That, that was, that's a story that is unique. And, uh, but it is, it is, it is for people, you know, just be careful out there. You know, I mean, young folks, you know, so listen, don't, don't always be mindful of what's going on around you and you do not want to <laughs> touch anything electric and God forbid, if you do realize you're doing that, do not touch anything else to make it a full, you know, circle where the flow goes through. So, so again, you know, just a safety tip there, but, but, you know, thank you for sharing that. That is personal, but I thought it was funny because I mean, I know you have it on your, your history and your story. So I wanted to just address it, but so thank you, uh, Kelly, it's been real. I mean, we had a great time and we covered a lot of topics here and, um, I, I, you know, I hope folks, you, you, you've enjoyed the the content here and the the exchange, and so uh, thank you for being with us, and and for for really giving us all that. Uh, maybe we'll have a comeback. You know, uh, we'll talk about that. So hey, we'll see. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, thanks for all you're doing to bring this show to the world. It you know needs great topics like this. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, all right, folks. Um, Eric and H here. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. A different show, different topic, different guest. Ciao now. Bye-bye.